Welcome back to the Admissions Uncovered podcast. It's the college admissions podcast for the students, by the students. As usual, I'm your host, Michael Gao. I'm a freshman here at Columbia. Dominic and Nee are a little bit busy this week. Nee is headed to Dartmouth in a few days, and Dominic, I think, right now is still at Notre Dame, maybe Boston. I don't know where he is. No, he's in he's in Pittsburgh for Carnegie. I'm not entirely sure, but he's somewhere not in Dallas and somewhere not near a microphone. So, instead of talking about boring old college admissions, we have a very, very special episode uh, this, this week. Uh, instead of talking about that stuff, we're going to talk about a movie, Monsters, Inc. But before we talk about it, and before I introduce who I'm talking about it with, let's talk about our sponsor for this week. I just want to thank, again, Freeze Crowd. It's the go-to social media platform for college students today. It's an online yearbook that lets you freeze the moment and share it with all your other fellow classmates, your fellow alumni, your teachers, your TA, your professors. It's the place for people on a college campus. With your .edu email, you can sign up today at freezecrowd.com and get connected with your college community. I have it. So many people here have it. And it's a great way to meet new people. And the best part about it is because you need a .edu email to sign up and sign in for your college community, you know that you're only sharing your pictures with the people in your college instead of some rando from down the street. I think it's really incredibly safe and powerful. And plus, it's not like Facebook and Twitter who have serious privacy issues. Freeze Crowds doesn't have ads. It doesn't sell ads. It doesn't sell your information. It's the go-to social media platform for young people like us. So check it out. That's freezecrowd.com, freezecrowd.com. Now, who am I talking to today? Um, hi, uh, I'm Mahad, but before I want to preface this with an earlier mic, you said we're watching Monsters, Inc. Uh, we actually watched Monsters University to keep with the college admissions theme. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, okay, you know, educate yourself. <laughs> right, but, I know movies. Yeah, also, um, I'm Mahad, so yeah, I'm new. Uh, you may not have heard me because apparently I'm not smart enough to be on the political podcast. <laughs> so here I am talking about a Disney movie. Uh, no, but no, seriously, I love this movie. This is a great movie. This is high art, honestly. High uh, art? This is high art. Okay. Okay, let's let's jump I, into this. Okay. Well, you know, I wouldn't call it high art, but I would call it a, a, a decent movie. All right, let's do that. Let's okay, it, it's a decent movie. It's a decent movie. Um, this was your first time watching it, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. And in fact, I'm, I probably did watch Monsters, Inc. Uh, as a child, but uh-huh. I don't remember it. At all. I'm just going to say the controversial statement. I honestly prefer Monsters University. Is that controversial? Uh, It is very much so. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. It's um, the prequel that was released, I think, like over a decade or just around a decade afterwards. Um, You know I do like my prequels, though. My Star Wars prequels, my Monsters, Inc. prequels. I, uh, I hate... That I'm going to be associated with that statement. Mm-hmm. But in general, I do not prefer prequels. I just really enjoy this one. I mentioned earlier to you that this movie came out when I was around 13, I think. So, I mean, clearly I was above the age demographic they were targeting. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. But um, honestly, I found it very motivational. I really enjoyed the movie. It's I think it's got a great message. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Pixar pretty much never misses when it comes to their movies. Like, yeah. I can think of one, like Cars 2 being the only Pixar movie I don't, I don't enjoy. But overall, I thought this was great. Um, 
What about you? Just overall thoughts. Okay, my first thought is that yes, it is super inspirational. And I love that about a movie because I don't like sad movies. I don't like sad music. I just I just like to be happy. Just like to be inspired. And this definitely was very inspiring because at the end they triumph. There's this nice epilogue where it shows mm-hmm. like them moving up the ranks of the company. Uh, but but before we jump into details, what was this movie about? Let's try to fill in the plot. Um, we watched it yesterday. Um, and I feel like I've already forgotten some stuff. All right, all right. Let me let me uh, let me enlighten you. Enlighten me. So, um, Monsters University is about <laughs> Mike Wazowski, a character who, in the original Monsters Inc., was the secondary protagonist. There's a word for that that begins with a D. Uh, I, I don't remember it, but I a demigod. No. Um, so, anyways, this movie is about how he grew up as a not naturally scary monster, but through hard work and determination, he got into Monsters University, a school I'm assuming is in, it it's, takes place of Harvard for yeah. the monster world. It was kind of unclear. But it um, seems like Harvard, it, right? Like, it's, like the feel of the campus. Yeah, like, it, there was very like they also had that scene where they're walking in and they tap the foot of that statue, like right. that's like a John Harvard reference. I'm yeah, assuming. yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah. So he gets in to Monsters University, and through oh, are we allowed to spoil the movie on this podcast? Like, I feel like we have to spoil. Are it. we gonna like spoil it? All right, yeah. spoils. Um, spoiler, spoiler warning. Spoiler uh, if you haven't seen Monsters University, like pause this podcast loaded up on a legal streaming service and just watch it it's a, it's a good movie it's a good movie it's under two hours you know it's a good movie only but, legal streaming services though yeah we do not endorse piracy on this podcast thank you very much um so mike wazowski he's in the scaring program but he's not naturally scary so what ends up happening is that sully a legacy student Ugh. who comes from a line of, you know, top scarers, joins the school. And in the beginning, Sully clearly is the better scarer. But over time, Mike just grinds it out and keeps getting those A's while Sully just, you know, stays the way he was when he got in. And they end up getting through a series of circumstances. They end up getting kicked out of the program. They challenge the dean that if they're able to win an a sporting event, the scare games, scare that games. they will be re-entered into the scaring program. Now, the scare games are thrown here by frats. Mm-hmm. So in order to compete, they have to join, I think we can agree, the lamest frat on campus. Uzma Kappa had heart, though, okay? <laughs> okay. They had okay. the heart. Roar Omega Roar, they're nothing but a bunch of jabronis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they join the frat, and the thing that really... Uh, really takes this movie to the next level for me was the fact that they only win because of Sully cheating and that he doesn't believe in Mike. And the moral of the story is sometimes you just can't be what you want to be. Mike ends up not being a scarer, but what he discovers is that he can coach Sully into being a better scarer. And I honestly, that blew my mind when I saw it when I was 13 uh, they ultimately are expelled from Monsters University, and they still are able to achieve their dream jobs through just hard work and determination, something 
I feel like is not really shown that often in movies, especially movies aimed at children. And honestly, I really love that message, especially, you know, around finals season. <laughs> it's, it's always nice to see people succeeding so, without college. Oh, that got a little too, um, too real. Too real, I think. Well, Monsters University is a very real movie. Oh, absolutely. Uh, in case we haven't told you, I think it depicts exactly the college experience. I was going to be honest, you know, I feel like there was a hint of sarcasm in that, but I honestly believe this is one of the most accurate college films I've ever seen. <laughs> like, most of them are about, you know, the debauchery and the frats just the you know, partying it up. And uh, if you're like us, you're not at that many parties. If you're making a podcast about Monsters University. <laughs> and I'm going to be honest, even parties I have attended, I have never seen someone do a keg stand. Yeah, because they, we're not at Dartmouth. Uh, yeah. Also, we might be going to the wrong parties, but still. <laughs> um, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. It's good, good movie. movie. Yeah. Uh, so you took some notes, right? I did take some notes. Um, so... I think, why don't we just, like, work through the movie, and if there's any, like, special scenes that uh, jump out, we can talk about those. Love it. I think the first thing that's kind of related to, like, college stuff is the first time walking on campus, Mm -hmm. um, and when he kind of, like, pauses as he steps over kind of the threshold into, into campus. I feel like that's such a real experience. Like, for me here at Columbia, like when I was like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm going to Columbia now. And like, I stepped through and it feels, I don't know, maybe this is just like hippy dippy, uh, foofy doofy stuff, but it, I feel like it definitely does feel a little bit different. And especially seeing everything kind of like made nice for you and seeing all the people playing Frisbee and like reading books and the famous big libraries. I don't know, like the first time stepping on campus, I think really is special. And I think Mike also felt it was very very special i have to agree with you on that note i'm a very uh dramatic person uh very theatrical (laughs) when i first came to columbia i had that whole moment of this is where the new chapter begins you know stepping in to college walk just frozen in time just like uh, i pictured a camera just panning around me probably from a drone uh just looking at all the old buildings that that all the past famous Columbia alum had stayed in before, even though the university was somewhere else in the city a yeah. long time ago. But, you know, in my mind, that's where Hamilton was. We're just going to ignore that part, though. Yeah, still, though, you know, yeah. I mean, Obama was in the 80s. He probably... Yeah, he probably stepped in fertile at some point. Yeah, I mean, like, there's probably... He needed to get a bathroom break or a, yeah. some water. You know, something probably happened. And uh, something that I found very interesting was in Monsters University, the students that are playing Frisbee are giants. Oh, that's right. So, I mean, this is about college, so I'm not going to break down the implications of uh, having three-story tall beings living alongside what appear to be human-sized monsters and like how that hierarchy breaks down. But something I found interesting was those who were playing frisbee clearly were on some level superior to the other monsters just in terms of size and i feel like that's very true to um the real life college experience the people you see playing uh frisbee 
they're they're very impressive. <laughs> very impressive. Indeed. They're very intimidating with all their mm-hmm. frisbee ability. Throws. Did I mention that I uh, have a frisbee? I also have. I too have a frisbee. Yeah. If you go to college, kids, you will acquire frisbees over time. And you may or may not use them, but they will be there. I mean, you know, they're pretty good substitutes for plates. <laughs> so at Columbia University, we have like a thing that surf and turf every semester. So they serve lobster and steak. So nice. The one thing nice that the administration does nice for us, mm-hmm. um, besides giving us working dryers sometimes, but that's another story. <laughs> um, so instead of using actual plates at surf and turf, they use frisbees because... It's more aesthetic, maybe? I'm not entirely sure Every why. time Columbia University feels that we're, uh, we're at a lull, we're at a low point, they give us Frisbees to make us happy. <laughs> and you know what? I don't know if it's the Frisbee or the steak and lobster, but it definitely works. It's the steak and lobster. <laughs> Can't confirm. All right, let's go down that list. Um, okay, so the other thing I have is like the RAs being super happy and welcoming, because the other thing I realized thinking back on it was everybody was super happy right and i get it you gotta do it but reflecting back i think i felt deeply uncomfortable in many moments i love that scene when he first meets his roommate and he's just like randall something or the other scaring major because that is something you will be doing just like every time you meet someone new like everyone's at the same place you are everyone wants to meet new friends they're going to basically just be introducing their name their major Oftentimes, if you go to a school like Columbia, where there's different schools, they'll do that as well. It was very accurate. Where you live, too, is another thing, mm-hmm. although they didn't do that. Yeah. So just get ready. The the four questions. Name, major, uh, school. school, where you live. Where you live. Also, like, where you're from, too. Oh, yeah. That's honestly one of my favorite parts about being at a, such a cosmopolitan school as yeah, Columbia. Definitely. Is just meeting people from all over the world i met someone from north we both have met people from north dakota there's a girl from north dakota on our floor that's incredible north dakota uh one of the dakotas i feel bad now but one of the dakotas okay are we allowed to make dakota jokes because i don't want to alienate any i feel uh, like if we have dakota listeners they're not that big of a they're not that big of we can cut that demo we can cut that demo we can cut that demo demo. make a dakota joke all right yeah i mean I feel like that in and of itself with my Dakota joke, I... Oh, yeah. th- that just over... We hyped yeah. it up too much. Yeah, I mean, no, yeah. Like, we have about, like, 30% of the population of North Dakota in our floor with that uh, one student. <laughs> okay, guys, that was my best shot. All okay. right, we're moving All right, we're, we're gonna we're gonna move forward from that one. Um, bad ID photos, because... Oh. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, Do we want to talk... So, the the... The roommate, you said something about him appearing in the... Oh, uh, yeah. Um, So he was the uh, primary antagonist in Monsters, Inc. And something I loved was the fact that he's always squinting in Monsters, Inc. And in this movie, it's revealed that he's just nearsighted and he removed his glasses to look scarier. And that's why he was squinting all the time. And who told him to do that? Mike Wazowski, the protagonist. So... I don't know what that says. I think Pixar might have been trying to uh, make me reevaluate my pre-existing biases. Mm. The fact that, you know, I assumed he was evil because he was squinting. But you never know. Maybe sometimes people are squinting because they just aren't wearing their glasses. Yeah, come on. Let's not be squintist. 
Let's be inclusive of all eyes. That is a very um, important message that we here at this podcast (laughs) hope you all can take home with you. (laughs) Okay, so speaking of eyes, um, you're going to have your eyes in your ID photos. Uh, Yeah, that's something. Uh, Don't be like Mike Wazowski, even though I don't know how much of that was up to him. Okay, I was supposed to do a nice transition there, and that wasn't so good. But bad ID photos are definitely a thing, right? Yeah, I, I relate to that. You yeah. know, the problem is with Columbia, you send in your own ID photos, mm-hmm. and I still took a bad one. At the time, I didn't realize it would be my ID photo. For four years. For four years. Four I, years. I barely understood that it was going to be my ID photo for this year. <laughs> uh, I assumed they just wanted a picture of me because, you know, I don't know, like, the big brother state that is Columbia University wanted to keep track. Should I, I feel like I shouldn't have said that. Um, <laughs> I feel like the big brother state's going to come and get us now. Um, the red dot on my forehead is telling me to like segue <laughs> on to another conversation. Is, is this too edgy? Nothing's too edgy. Nothing's too edgy. Nothing's okay. too edgy. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's, let's just move on. Um, okay. So, oh, here's something. The big, massive lecture hall of Scare 101. I feel like that's so relatable, especially going to, like, a pretty big school that mm-hmm. we do, having to do the massive lecture classes. Like, I, this is just a universal experience, I feel like. But in high school, you had, what, maybe 20 people classes if you went to a suburban public school. If you mm-hmm. went to, you know, a public school that was underfunded, maybe you had, like, 30 kids, maybe let's say 40 okay barely though right like that's that's a little bit the upper limit and here tell that to la oh (laughs) oof uh but but here it's it's incredible yeah it's like a times 10 multiplier they they somehow fit half the freshman class in one big lecture hall here for for uh, a science class it's it's kind of crazy no yeah like my high school in seattle was like a triple a school and we had about um 1600 students and that's about the same number as just my class here at columbia yeah it's incredible yeah and so then naturally when you have professors that don't want to teach more than one class particularly in the sciences you get these giant 100 200 person lecture halls and on the one hand i feel like it's pretty cool you know if you're just one of many but on the other hand uh i do hope to eventually get rec letters from these professors so being in a room with 200 people isn't always the most advantageous probably not class size yeah um although i will say even in the lectures just from an educational that's a word point of view uh i feel like a lot of professors will still answer your questions if you kind of raise your hand and ask the yeah. question at least at least in so i'm in an econ one right now and uh, a java one right now and basically if they're pretty receptive to answering questions yeah um speaking of econ what major did you think that scaring was like uh an allegory for Ooh. i hope i'm using that word right because uh, i was picking up econ, econ vibes, right because right? very very snacky kind of like you need to scare people yeah which, you know finance majors kind of need to do mm-hmm but yes, like that's the thing. Uh, 
I found really interesting. In oh, and that, also, sorry, the other thing is like the frat bros. Yeah. That's classic econ. Like exactly. the roar, yeah. roar people. Roar, mega roar. Yeah, yeah, like with their fucking jacket. Yeah. I, bleep, bleep that out. Bleep that out. Is this a no, um, no swearing podcast? Yeah, yeah. Shit. I'm going to have to bleep. <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> Get it all out of the system right now. <laughs> Okay. No, but like the frat bro thing with their jackets and their mm-hmm. pop the collars. jackets. That is so finance bro. Mm-hmm. So yep. finance bro. But something I found interesting, you know, uh, maybe I'm going to play slight devil's advocate. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Rora Mega Roar, they were, I mean, they cared about academics at the least, you know, how they didn't want Sully to be a part of the frat once uh, it was apparent that he wasn't going to make the grade. So that was interesting and i feel like that is something you'll find uh at ivy league fraternities there are going to be some that are like you know classic just partying all day fraternities but there's also going to be that other side of it where you know you're at a school with um a bunch of type a personalities so even our frat bros are going to be academically minded yeah but in the movie their academics were also their social life Right. That's true. So, but I mean, you could say that with like econ, right? Like, I mean, who got the internship? That's like, true. You know, that's the cool guy. He's got a job lined up for the summer. Yeah. And every yeah. night we're going to the same networking events mm-hmm. together, all dressed up in our suits mm-hmm. and ties and our resumes in hand. Yeah. Oh, gosh, that sounds like such a sad life. I would never live it. I mean, yeah. Whew. <laughs> That's why I'm living the fun pre-med lifestyle. Mm, so much better. Yep. Massive chem classes. Let's move on, please. <laughs> um, all right, so I didn't really write down stuff in the middle. I'll be real honest with you. Uh-huh. So what happened in the middle? That, um, was the, that was the stuff about them being kicked out of the course, and then they had to deal with that with oh, the scare games. Right? Immediately before the before. scare games, though, something I found really interesting. Yeah. Um, Mike and Sully were moved into, okay, it was like the program to build the canisters to hold screams, and was that, like, that's engineering, right? That would be engineering. Oh, right, they became engineers. And something I found really interesting is the scarers feel like factory workers. Like, they literally seem working class. I'm assuming they're not because, I mean, they are working, but I'm assuming it's like a respected job because they have to go to college for so long for it but i would have assumed the engineering course would be a much um more lucrative career much path. more lucrative career path so like it's something i find interesting would after the four years and the scares being the kings on campus and they finally get the jobs is will it just be revealed that mike and sully could have been making a lot more just if they had stuck with that uh engineering path but, you know, then there's that other side where they want didn't want to be engineers. They wanted to be scarers. So that's a bit um, motivational. You know, it's about finding your passion rather than what's lucrative. You know, so. But also money never hurts. I mean, that's always a plus. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have chose Columbia if uh, I could have got the same effect somewhere else. But let's keep going. Um, they went to the scare games and the then he games. joined Uzma Kappa. Okay, and the scare games are kind of this like frat competition to see who scares the best, mm-hmm. um, and it's the series of competitions that 
at least initially don't feel to be about scaring people. They just seem to be like obstacle courses, right? Yeah. Was, uh, that was something that was very interesting. And then the last final competition is actual scaring. The real scaring, And then you yeah. realize that Mike Wazowski, despite all his brains, still, quote unquote, doesn't have it in him. But, yeah. Uh, so I have a question. So he they had to cheat to win the final competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They go on... The epilogue shows they become scarers. What happens in Monsters Inc.? Like, are, are they're already scarers in Monsters Inc.? Are they? Is Michael Mike? He's not a scarer. He's the coach. That's why I didn't want. That's why I honestly thought it might have been more interesting uh, oh. for you to watch Monsters University. Yeah, because oh, then you would have known from the get go. God. Yeah, it's that. it's weirdly oh. uh, it's kind of sad, but at the same time. I mean, he found happiness, and I think it's a really good message. You know, sometimes things just you can do everything right, and things still won't work out your way. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But also, like, it's not. I feel like that's too sad, a sad way of putting it because I feel like he's happy as a coach, and he knows he how is. To coach. No, yeah, but like that's the thing. So he found a new passion. Yeah. He found a new passion because I mean, throughout the movie, uh, they show you like during the scare games. They show you he's a much better coach than he is a scarer. He gets these uh, this group of misfits who are Nerds. complete. That's one word for it. <laughs> uh, and he gets them to become top scarers, and they end up. I mean, even though they didn't win because of uh, the last minute cheating, they at least got to second place, playing the game fairly. So, yeah, uh, let's talk about that group of misfits. There was the... Um, There's the kind of old guy, Yeah, right? the middle-aged the dude. Uh, I found him very interesting. Uh, you will see um, old people. older gentlemen and uh, ladies who are re... Madams. Ma- madams? Can we use that word? That, like, that kind of has yeah, connotations. I, when I said I was like, ooh, I yeah, don't think we're allowed um, to say that. He's, we're talking about prostitution. Um, so yeah, there he was. I like I like that idea. I always admire those people when I see them on campus, continuing their education. Yeah. Uh, so I think they said he was in sales, and then everything became about the computers. So he ended up going back to school to join the scaring program. There was the undeclared, uh, the cute little blobby guy with a million eyes on his head. Was that the smoker? No, that wasn't the stoner. That, no, that wasn't the stoner. Who, stoner was purple guy. Purple guy. Purple yeah, guy. he's a philosophy major. Mm. I'm not going to unpack that. <laughs> um, and then there's the wait. What about the dude whose mom? That's the guy I was talking about. The small, uh, squishy guy. Let's talk a little bit about the mom thing because that is kind of weird to me that they're still living with their parents. Well, I mean, she lives nearby campus. Yeah. Why like have like, on campus housing? But here? like, the frat house is your parents house just speaks to how i think they just took the initiative they made their own frat i respect that That i do i do respect anybody who starts anything i do respect that doers not viewers Ooh, ooh, that's a good line i just came up with that right now tweet that later thank you thank you um but what about what about parents in college i don't know uh i don't i i i don't i i do not want it's gonna sound bad but like I wouldn't want to live with my parents during college. You know, something I find really interesting is that I really don't think this is what they were talking about because I don't remember if this was 
a big issue when Monsters University came out. I think it, it probably was. You know, it's a really recent thing. The whole helicopter parent angle. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I she wasn't really a helicopter parent per se, but that is definitely a thing that you know you you will see at college. Uh, myself personally, uh, my parents kind of left everything up to me. Yeah, but, me too. Yeah, but um, that that is something you see all the time when you talk to people. You know, like parents are like keeping track of their grades still they're keeping track of their dietary habits which to be honest is probably something that would be pretty helpful for me yeah that i wouldn't mind too much yeah but yeah so it's just all of that like their parents know everything about them uh i mean my parents don't even know what classes i'm going to be taking next semester um i mean they have a general idea but still it's me too yeah it's just one of those things where you know i guess they kind of started treating me like an adult once I hit like junior year of high school, and it was just kind of up to me to do everything. Yeah. But yeah, helicopter parents are definitely going to be very present here. I mean, like I know some people whose parents um, basically wrote their resumes for them. No, like way. no, yeah, applying for jobs. Their parents call um, into where they're applying for their jobs, and it's wait, their parents are calling. Their bosses, employers, their bosses. That kid's not getting the job, right? Right? No, but I mean, I even know some people who have jobs and their parents are still involved with that. That's so embarrassing, right? And that's, I mean, that's the way I view it. Um, like I don't know how much of a stand I'm allowed to take on this semi-neutral movie review, but I am not for helicopter parents. No, I'm not. I, I mean, personally, I love the idea of families being close. I don't even have a problem with people still living at home, but uh. I feel like at a certain point, you have to, you know, figure things out for yourself. Yeah, especially like, I mean, like, I want to temper what I said earlier, but like, obviously, financial constraints, living Mm -hmm. off, like, on campus can be expensive, especially if, you know, your parents live, like, a block away. It just doesn't make sense for you to move out a block away to claim your quote-unquote independence, obviously. (laughs) Um, But at some point, you gotta do stuff for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. but you know, like the movie, the movie, the mom. Like, oh yeah, we, we don't. This think... was about monsters. I forgot. <laughs> okay, we don't think she was a helicopter parent. No, right? no, she wasn't. She because, was very supportive. Yeah, because like she drove them around to do the illegal thing where they went to the factory and was looking at the yeah, invasion of yeah. the kid scream energy, right? So this was a very cool mom. Mm-hmm. Cool mom. What What did you think about the friendship between Sully and Mike? Ooh, that's a good one. Because obviously at first they didn't like each other, right? Yeah. Because it was the nerd versus the big jock. And mm. the, the the first introduction was the big jock, like, running into Mike Wazowski's room. Yeah. Right? With, with the weird, like, the pet animal from the other school. Fear the tech. rival school. Fear tech. Yeah. yeah. Um, a little Harvard-Yale illusions going on there. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I feel like it goes from that rivalry and... And the kind of like nerd, the classic like nerd versus jock angle to them figuring out they have to work together. Yeah. And even then still having some trouble within the team because, you know, Mike wanted to do it like by the book and um, Sully was Sully... just kind of doing the same thing he's done his whole life. Yeah. Just because and... he's like naturally good at doing his one lion fear thing. And so he keeps on doing that. And obviously Mike's like, no, we got to mix it up. Yeah, I honestly found that Sully's character really interesting. I remember when I watched this movie when I was younger and I just straight up hated Sully. 
but now I really sympathize with him because um, legacy students are definitely a, a thing. Um, you're going to see plenty of legacy students if you go to a school like uh, Monsters University. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that angle of just, you know, the pressure he has to deal with, um, there's a certain world he grew up in and he has to stay within that world. And that was something I found really interesting, uh, how Mike, even though Mike is the character I um, relate to a lot more, I mean, at the end of the day, he put himself into this world. He worked his way up there. So if it all, you know, falls apart, I mean, he still has that life to fall back on versus Sully. If he's out, I mean, he's a failure. He was given all the advantages. He lived this life. Everyone in his family went through the same program, and yet he's just not making the cut. And so that was something I found pretty interesting. See, I'm less sympathetic yeah. to Sully. Uh, I, you know, it, it's because he had it all. It's because mm-hmm. he's, like, naturally the scary person and naturally the lion person. Like, that combined with just like a little bit of initiative like picking up i don't know like a a book or something (laughs) and reading it that plus that plus natural advantages equals success but he doesn't pick up the book he doesn't do the last you know leg on the stool he doesn't like read pages and words on a page so i don't know i am definitely Less I guess yeah, guy. that's a that's a pretty fair statement. Also, I, I guess if you you know view this with uh, Monsters Inc., it's kind of a bummer. Mike's the character who worked super hard, and then Sully's the character who uh, was naturally gifted, and Sully's the one who ends up as a scare. Even though Sully does grow, you know he takes Mike's advice. He does eventually start putting the work in. He parts starts putting the effort in. He changes up his uh, mental state um but it wasn't him though it was mike with mike mike's influence well i mean sometimes you need a little a little help from your friends i mean yes but i don't know it's just like the fact that this legacy student can't get by on their own look look legacy students are students too that could be a hashtag like they go through the same tries and tribulations well not the same because they probably have money they probably Uh have a nice credit card and parents to fall back on and all those things but they're still stressed like tests are not made different for legacy students as far as i know <laughs> yeah that's fair oh well, well i mean with the exception of recent controversies let's not ooh, let's not address that ooh. we did but an episode it, on that we it, got real spicy. There. okay then we, we can address that yeah well i mean i guess if you got like 400k <laughs> uh-huh. and photoshop Though, oh yes photoshop a every athlete's uh favorite tool <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think the way, yeah, I'm, I'm less sympathetic on, about Sully. Like, I wish he just, I'm totally fine with legacy students as a concept. I think it makes sense for the university. Um, it's a little bit unfair, but you know, that's just the way the world works. You need donations, but legacy students who kind of get in, but just like, don't do anything mm-hmm. with their time here. Don't use the opportunities. I think have taken the place from some kid who wasn't a legacy student yeah. but would have taken advantage of the opportunities. So, legacy students, I'm not yes, no to. Lazy legacy students? I'm personally no. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Yeah. All right. Um, so, I guess, what would do you have any notes before the ending or should we just like talk about the ending now? I feel like um, we already kind of 
addressed some of that. Well, so there's this line I think we both pointed out that um, I wrote down Big Blue because I didn't know his name. Mm-hmm. Sully to Mike said, you don't belong here. Oh, yeah, that's that was another uh, sentiment that I uh, that's something that I feel like everyone who comes to an Ivy League school that doesn't come from a family of Ivy League students and or like didn't go to a private school or didn't just didn't grow up in an environment where they always viewed themselves in the right place. Um, That's something that was there where so. Mike mentions how hard he had to work to get to Monster University, and Sully says, maybe that's because you don't belong here. So I that's that imposter syndrome yes. that I feel like everybody is going to go through at some point where, I mean, I definitely go through that all the time. Uh, yeah. Just the idea that, you know, I got lucky that I'm here. Yeah, I don't deserve to be here. And so I feel like for Mike, hearing that from somebody else is what really made him snap because that's definitely an insecurity he had already. And then, you know, hearing it from somebody else is always so much worse. And, but what makes me angry is that it's the legacy student saying, you don't belong here. Mm-hmm. It's the other way around. Mike should be telling the legacy students, you don't belong here. Yeah. Because, like, I don't know how the admissions process works, but... You know, you didn't get the test scores. You didn't, like, write an amazing essay. You just had daddy call. But then again, from, like, the viewpoint of the legacy student, I guess, to them, this is, like, the university is essentially a country club, you know? Yeah. It's, like, members only. And then all the test scores, it's superfluous. Like, you know, the reason why the university is accepting these students with these high SAT scores is just so that they can still call themselves a university in the modern world. Yeah. When in reality, they're still living off that, you know antiquated idea oh you're john quincy adams welcome to harvard (laughs) you know so it's yeah it's definitely still there i had a friend who um was working on the alumni uh phone line and she mentioned one woman she talked to basically went on a whole rant about lower income students and she was saying how come my daughter didn't get in even though both me and my husband are columbia alum and she was just going on a rant saying that how the low-income student did not deserve to be there. And so, yeah, it's definitely a sentiment that's there. It's entitlement. It's disgusting. It's not going to be as visible as, you know, um, people's admonition of the, uh, admonishment of the um, legacy students, but it's definitely a large sentiment that's just under the surface. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I mean, I'm not like I'm not in the circles where people would be talking about this oh. as as openly. You yeah. know. I mean, you know, we you you ever want to like just go to the Pen Club? I mean, we are Columbia students. We can oh, like get. Of course, I would love yeah, to just have know, a drink lounge at the around. Pen Club. Yeah. yeah, smoke a cigar. Yeah, yeah, for sure. After room. we play our tennis to like counteract the effect the scotch yeah <laughs> no i mean like i i sometimes feel the imposter thing too mm-hmm. i mean especially grade wise like i got my first b mm-hmm. in a real class here i got a b in calculus mm-hmm. um which i was i had been expecting since fall but i was like still hoping for like you know yeah pull it out i can pull it out and get that a minus yeah. and then it did Oof. not happen let me tell you um yeah 
So things like that definitely... But I think there's also, like, a wealth angle to it, too. Like, mm-hmm. just walking around campus and seeing just, like, exorbitant amounts of wealth. Like, mm-hmm. coming to Columbia, I met people who actually went to boarding school. Mm. I, I didn't know those things existed. I thought those were just, like, a magic fantasy land. Um, Honestly, yeah. Um, some Like, something I found really interesting was even within wealth, there's segregation between, you know, the nouveau riche and the mm. old money. So that was another angle I found really interesting because here you like will see a lot of people wearing their Canada goose and their um all their the air jewelry, their Gucci belts, Gucci <laughs> shoes, Gucci everything. Ugh. But then you'll find some person who seems to be dressing very casually and you find out that he's from a line of bankers and the other guy was just, you know, very recent money. And uh, I think it's fair to say that a lot of that nouveau riche tends to be like the international students. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's definitely. Um, well, I mean, and also it gets it just makes sense versus say you know the the well, yeah, like American the establishment here. Yeah, they're established. Type. Exactly. Yeah, there's that other angle. So yeah, that was something I found very interesting. Also, again, as I always viewed the Monsters and Monsters Inc. as um, working class. I was very oh, surprised to find out that Sully came from a Long line, line of scarers. I, you know, I assumed he was just, you know, it was just like they're working class Joes because I mean they basically are just they supply the energy. Well, isn't that very? I don't want to get too like like foofy with it, but I feel like that's very. The word that comes to mind is liberatory, which is obviously too dramatic, but like take that down a notch and I think you have the word I'm looking for. But the fact that it is now the workers that are being valorized in society, yeah, um, you know, the working class, the blue collar worker that is now kind of like the, the, the top of the social ladder, whereas the kind of like white collar engineering kind of like desk job people – they exist. Maybe they get paid more, but they're definitely not as valorized. Are you basically saying that the Monsters University, Monsters Inc. series is socialist? Yes. It's a Marxist, uh, pro- a, a tool of Marxist propaganda. Yes. That's another angle to this I didn't think about. Because, again, that was a pretty big thing in communism, the idea of, yeah, you know... Yeah, the proletariat. Yeah, making, the... yeah, the celebrity, you know, like, all the USSR propaganda had posters of working class yeah, men. Yeah, And so, I guess that makes sense, yeah, because they had trading cards of the scarers. Oh my gosh, you're right! That's right! That's very interesting. Um, huh, uh... I wonder what Pixar was going for there now. Is Pixar socialist? I mean, they are a tool of left-wing Hollywood. Yeah! Go left-wing Hollywood! You just kind of blew my mind there. Uh, (laughs) Huh. I've been reading a little bit too much Marx these days, that's Mm -hmm. why. Uh, Yeah, I always say I've read the Communist Manifesto without actually having read it. You don't need to, it's fairly boring. Is it? Yeah, it's fairly boring. History, okay, history, history, know. this, proletariat, proletariat, this, da-da. I like it because it's red. Okay, so um, let's talk about that ending now again. We already touched on this. Yeah. But the idea, so them getting expelled. They did? So why did they get expelled? I think this is a really wacky they, story. Yeah, so after Mike discovers that uh, Sully cheated to get him to win, Mike ends up going inside the 
the human world by breaking into uh, the door laboratory. They have these specialized doors to go into and from the human and monster realm. But anyway, so he goes in and he tries to scare girls at a summer camp and he's unable to do it. They just think he's a cute little ball of fun. And in fact, they scare him. They yeah. they like oh, imitate him and scene. he like jerks back. I was like, <gasps> that was... Ugh, that that really that hit me. Yeah, that was a that was a very depressing scene. <laughs> and then Sully follows him in order to save him. They have a little conversation by the lake where they, you know, I think solidify their relationship. And it was a great scene where they. What ends up happening is, in order to break uh, break their way back in, they need to create enough fear energy in order to do that. Mike coaches Sully, and then he scares adults, and all of them, and they just explode back into the monster world. So following that, they're expelled, but what they end up doing is getting jobs at Monsters Incorporated, but in the mailroom. And slowly but surely, they work their way up to being full-fledged scarers, which is also interesting, because then it's like, why have a college degree in the monster world, you know? It's, yeah, that's... Well, having can, a college degree means you just jump into the scarer without yeah. being a mailroom person. I mean, I guess. So, like, is it, like, the military, then? Because isn't that a thing? You know, when you have a degree, you go straight oh. to the... You're a private or something? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you become... A, there's, like, special academies yeah. where you become officers in. Yeah, an officer. Yeah. Yeah, instead of just starting from the beginning. So, I, I guess it's also militaristic wait are, is this a comment on the military oh my gosh the military industrial complex wow who knew pixar was this well pixar who knew pixar is this well incredible but the teamwork thing is really interesting to me yeah. right that that they finally like come together as a unit um and so like i don't know like the i i come back to the class reading of this which is like the legacy rich kid sullivan and the kind of like we don't know if he's poor or not, but definitely like the... He's definitely the, not from the same uh, lifestyle. Yeah, like a newcomer to this kind of like yeah. social scene, the, a newcomer to like the world of elitism or, or or to the world of the elite, I guess is a better way of putting it. Mm-hmm. The fact that they can come together, yeah. I think, I, I found that as like a very moving part of it because that's just like the story of life here is because yeah. there are a bunch of like very rich people who you never would have interacted with if i stayed back in texas if i went to like, no exactly i feel that the school okay. back home like i've mentioned how theatrical i am i feel that every time i you know go to some event that yeah. i'm surrounded by the you know the upper class the the suits yeah, with the their there's a know, show cocktail parties yeah there's an old show called that girl mm-hmm. that uh like the intro to it was basically this a woman and she works she moves into new york city and it's just her just you know being mesmerized by everything walking on the Saks fifth avenue and throwing her hat up and honestly i feel that every day that's my that's my world. Every time, you know, I meet a new person. Like, it's weird. I started defaulting to people just being rich. Like, I assume yeah. everyone is wealthy until proven otherwise. Yeah. It's, and I don't know if that's too bad of a default at schools like I mean, this. yeah. I used to do the opposite. And, I mean, now mm. I'm no longer surprised. Yeah, and so. we're fairly wrong when we did the opposite. Because I also did the same thing. Like, oh, everybody's just kind of like, mm-hmm. you know. No, yeah, that's the thing. I mean... 
the majority of people here, even if they're not, you know, the insanely wealthy, they are definitely at least upper middle class. Yeah, look, look, I don't, I, I, I've had this, like, revelation a few weeks ago, uh, but I, when I call myself middle class, I think that's the act of just, like, not being cognizant of class, because everybody is now part of the middle class. Even people earning, like, $2 million a year can claim to be the middle class, mm-hmm. because that's just how the cultural construct has been. And people are... Making two million a year and calling themselves middle class. Yeah, yeah. Come to Texas; it's absolutely ridiculous. And I'm taking a stand. We don't make two million dollars a year, but if to I, call myself part of the middle class would just be to like take the experiences of actual middle class people, the actual working poor, the actual like mics of the world, and yeah. and just you know taking them and no more. Hashtag yeah. no more. You know, that reminded me, I was watching a Hassan uh, Minaj clip the other day on YouTube, and he was talking to his audience, and he was saying, you know, at what amount of money do you think that people, like your soul turns, that you can no longer relate to people? Because he was basically saying that Howard Schultz shouldn't run for president as a billionaire. Um, But the thing I found funny was Hassan Minaj has a TV show. So he clearly is is doing, he's doing all right. It's new. It's a new show. But like, so when the first audience member said a million dollars, Hassan Minaj was just, you know, exasperated. A million dollars in Manhattan, which is a fair point, you know. But still, it was really funny how he kept trying to get the monetary amount above whatever his net worth was. (gasps) Because then another person said 15 million and he was like, 15, really? It was so Hassan Minaj has more than 15 million dollars. I mean, I'm assuming, like, from oh. the way he's talking. I, I mean, maybe he doesn't, but, like, Hassan, yeah. Hassan, hello. No, but it was really funny. I love him, though. Love him. He's my favorite late-night host. I'm, I'm not, no swipes at Hassan. No, no swipes whatsoever. He's all right. He's great. He's okay. He's great. He's, he's not the best. He's the best. Stephen Colbert. I prefer Hassan Minaj to Stephen Colbert. The only one I could say is better is probably John, John Oliver. Oliver. John Oliver, yeah. yeah. No, I love Hassan. He's great. I mean, I guess it's also he has a week to do his show versus Colbert, who has to do it every uh, night for four days a week. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, back to monsters. So yeah. Anything else about the ending? I think that basically wrapped it up. Actually, I just I found that motivational. I thought it was a good message for Mm -hmm. kids to have. I feel like we live in a world that kind of tells people you have to go to college, Um, but. I will concede that I don't know how accurate the message is because personally, I don't think everyone should go to college, but because of the way, you know, the workforce is these days, everyone requires a bachelor's degree, even though a lot of these jobs probably don't need it. Um, you, you still should because that's just the way the world works, but I don't think it's the way it should be. Yeah, I definitely agree with that because mm-hmm. in a perfect world, you wouldn't have people pressured into institutions of higher learning if they don't want to be. Like, there's a role for vocational work, but we've stigmatized that. Like, like the role of the plumber in this society is very important. And in fact, probably more important than the dude at Goldman Sachs, like, crunching a number or two that robots can do, that anybody else could do. Like, I, I think there's, like, an overemphasis on kind of, like, white-collar professions mm-hmm. when blue-collar professions, if you think about it, are the real people who make everything kind of, like, work and the trains run on time. Mm-hmm. All right, so Monsters University. Uh, how, how would you score it? Uh, I would give it 
I don't. Oh, uh, okay. So I like it. I do think the end is a little bit unreal, unrealistic, like you were saying. Uh-huh. I think that. I think though. Um, so there's that. I also feel like. I don't know. I'm trying to remember. Did any of it feel slow to you? Um, no. I felt. I, I mean, it's an animated movie. They're always fairly fast. Yeah. I I was on board the whole way through. Yeah. I think I'm going to give it like a seven out of ten. I don't know right. how generous to That's give it, fair. but I think That's seven fair. out of ten. Seven out of ten. Yeah. Okay. Um, for me, uh, the Marxist propaganda film that is Monsters University, I'll give it. I'll give it eight point three two eight point three two uh One USSR four. hammer and sights out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Pixar ended up being Marxist. I mean I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say what I'm gonna say. Alright, so um I don't know, do you usually have a sign off around now? Yeah, yeah. We have an outro. We have an outro. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Admissions Uncovered Podcast. Uh, This is a little bit of a special episode, movie review. We, I think, will have at least one more of these fun stuff coming your way. Uh, This time about uh, a funny rom-com about college admissions when Dominic and me are back. Um, But if you like these movie reviews and you like what Mahat is saying, um, be sure to stay on the lookout for a few new projects coming down the pipeline. Maybe even a podcast about movies coming soon. Now, I'll be real honest with you. I don't know a lot of movies at all, as Mahad can attest to. Very, very true. For example, I I, I think I've watched one Avengers movie. Do you remember which Avengers movie I watched? I don't. Did you watch any of it? You've seen Civil War, Captain oh, America. Civil War, yeah. Captain America. No, wait, not Captain America, just Civil War. Well, it's, it was called Captain America Civil War. It wasn't actually an Avengers movie. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's basically an Avengers movie, but he's like the protagonist. Oh. Yeah. I also watched the other one, Captain Marvel, right? The new one. Oh, that was great. That was really good. Yeah. Um, but two, 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 two Marvel movies, I think I'm a little behind the speed, mm-hmm. the average, the curve. Uh, so... There might be a podcast coming your way where I watch the movies you've watched for the first time. So stay tuned. And so if you follow us on Instagram at admissions.uncovered and on Facebook at admissions.uncovered, you're going to be the first to hear about the new projects we're going to be launching in the next few weeks. So head the, head over to Instagram, head over to Facebook at admissions.uncovered. And of course, we'd love to hear about your college decisions and how that went for you. So please, please hit us up on social media. Hit us up via email, admissions.uncovered at gmail.com. We're actually going to be releasing an episode where we interview one of y'all, one of the listeners who got into Stanford to hear about his experience. So if any of you want to do that, also very interested in doing that. Um, And of course, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Freeze Crowd. Go-to platform for college students to meet other college students and other people with a .edu email in their college community. Great place. Love it so much. If you try it out, you're also going to be supporting us. So please, please, please check it out at freezecrowd.com. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. And we will see you next week.
You know, pop in circumstance, cause college. Boom. <laughs>